Hello, and welcome to the Outlier Podcast, the podcast for everyone who's interested in building better homes. My name is Sandra, and I am hosting this podcast with Anthony, the founder and lead designer at Outlier Studio, who is passionate about creating beautiful and high-performing homes. Together, we sit down once a month to chat with industry experts and to answer your questions about high-performance homes. We want to educate Australians about the possibilities of energy-efficient design and to change the way we build houses today. We hope you join us on that journey. Waste management has been a big topic for us lately, not just because our team member Evangelia has been super passionate about it and introducing a proper system for our office, but also because the building industry is a massive producer of waste. Around 18 cubic meters of waste come in every day from just one building site. The majority of this waste is going to landfill, unless you're working with Rob Holden from Tiger Binhire. Rob has run his business in Bendigo for 10 years now and has dedicated himself to recycling as much waste as possible. He joins us to talk about his motivation behind his business, how he manages his operation, and how builders and local government can help with the recycling process. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, Rob. Um, just to let everyone know what it is exactly that you're doing and who you actually are, could you do us the favor in introducing yourself to our audience and to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your background and what it is that you do? Thanks, Sandra. Well, I'm very excited. As I say, a little touch nervous, but very excited <laughs> to be on the podcast. This is it's a new one for me. Um, so my name is Rob and uh, I'm from Tiger Bin Hire in Bendigo. Um, I guess uh, in a previous life, I, I was a chef and in the hospitality industry for many, many years, 30, about 30 years, and really only came across the waste management industry a little bit by, by luck, I guess, or by fortune. And uh, yeah, so, and I've been going now for 10 years. So we've had Tiger been hired for 10 years when I, Brought the business. Um, it was already running and been running for a couple of years mm -hmm. uh, in a small, small way. It had a, a small truck and I think um, about eight, eight stick bins. Um, so over the last um, eight years, we've um, just sort of let it grow. Sorry, just to go back a step. Um, when I first brought the business, um, I was hoping that I could just have that one truck and the eight bins and semi-retire. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that has not worked. Well. <laughs> so, so now we've moved on to um, the four, uh, four trucks and about 160 bins. There you go. Yeah, various sizes. It hasn't been a big push or a big plan to be the biggest and the best. Um, it's, it's just happened that way, you know, I think um, through through service and not so much pricing because pricing we're all you know, about the same. Um, so so that's how I fell into that. Um, I guess with the catering, when I was in the catering, there was a lot of, um, employed a lot of people. Um, there was a lot of time and effort and thought and hours um, in that business. And I thought um, if I move into a, different area I wouldn't have to be working seven days a week but that hasn't worked either so. <laughs> but I'm, happy, I'm happy to do it I'm a bit of a workaholic so and, and I enjoy my work so yeah it, it's, it's been yeah it's been it's been good there's been a lot of challenges along the way a lot of changes 
um, that we can talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy what we're doing now. Yeah. You mentioned changes, Rob. So what makes you different from, say, other skip-in um, businesses, maybe in, locally or even in general? Um, what's, what's your point of difference? Because obviously we know, that's why we're talking, but yeah, it'd be great if you could explain that, expand on that a bit further for listeners. Yeah, well, th- there's a couple of reasons. I mean, for us to go from that small company and, and you know, now to quite a medium to large operator in town, um, you know, there's always been a lot of thought. I've always tried to keep up with um, uh, cancel, what cancel are doing, what the what the future looks like um, in the area, in the waste waste management area. Doing a lot of research. Um, so I guess the the one of the early things was was just to be just run it like a normal business and in catering, you know, it's a similar thing. So I um, friendly, make sure everyone doesn't stress out too much, gets a, gets the job done, um, and yeah, just try and keep it all simple for everybody. Um, as as the years have gone along now, we've um, there's been a few changes. Um, the the local landfill is come to its end, and almost to its end. Um, Cancel EPA, they're they're all pushing for. Um, different options um, from from us, the skipping operators, but also from uh, just general operators around town, you know, to, to come up with innovative ideas to, to um, move waste and take it away from the landfill, uh, reuse it and redirect it into lots of different avenues. Um, so it was about 12 months ago, maybe 18 months ago, I spoke to my partner and we had a good old chat together over a couple of glasses of wine and decided that we need to, to move in a different direction. And, and days of just grabbing a bin in the truck and just kicking it out, pull out of the landfill and then dropping it off and going and get another one were, were, were not going to be sustainable for, for us. Um, so... Um, yeah, we got together and, and got a bit of a business plan together with the two of us and um, still tried to keep it small and simple, but that didn't really happen either. Um, and uh, yeah, decided that we'd move into a factory, uh, purpose built just for um, the sorting and the redirecting and, and the recycling of the products that we bring in, um, bought, you know, some equipment and and then just slowly research the best way where, where to get rid of everything. Where do you get rid of everything? <laughs> it's a good question that you ask yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing when you when you open your eyes and have a look. There's not a lot that we can't redirect or reuse. And um, most of it's around Bendigo, just different little operators around town. And, and I've spoken to Cancel, and that looks like that's even going to improve in the near future. Over the next 12 months, there's going to be a lot more operators starting up that will take a bit of what I've got to give them. Um, a little bit of it to Melbourne. You know, there's some some of the products like our soft plastics and that sort of thing that um, I can't move in, in Bendigo at the moment. Um, so we take it down to Melbourne. Um, so you know, out of all the things that we collect, there's an option there. You've just got to do some research and, and have a look. How much do you, do you have an... A, like an approximation um, of how much waste on average uh, you 
can prevent from going to landfill through those methods and just yeah by being a bit aware about where to put stuff <laughs> that's a very easy dumbed down way to saying yeah. what you just described yeah no we have um we have uh some programs on and, and we keep fairly good records of what we're doing with, with our waste um so you know any of our um customers um especially our um, our building and construction industry, uh, they can ask for a waste management report for their bins. Um, so we've had a, you know, probably as it's grown and as I did a little bit more research to find out where things can go, I, I think we're probably running at about 80 to 85%. Um, and in tonnage, um, well, well, I can I can use the GovHub, I guess, it's, it's, uh, as an example. Um, at the moment, um, we run them on ninety to ninety-five percent of recycled because everything that comes out of there. Wow! They, they probably send me um, about eighteen to twenty cubic meters of waste every day. Um, so. Nearly all of that is probably the only things that don't um, that I don't um, put into waste um, control is uh, just the general rubbish from in their office and that sort of thing. You know, but everything else, the timbers, the steels, the concrete, everything goes to uh, to a new home. So, what are the, what would have been typically typically contained? Obviously, that would vary throughout the construction because we need more of this type of material at the start and then you know throughout the process that alters and changes but um you know typically what are the main um the main components that you find in these bins over the course of a, of a build we'll use the GovHub as an example because that's, that's excellent and i want to get into that a little bit more actually but yeah so what would the typical materials be in there um what how you you, you know where do they go at your site you, you sort them obviously and then they go to elsewhere and then maybe like what the end use becomes of those as well. So maybe using the GovHub as an example, just talking through that process and then, yeah, what that end result ends up being too, like where some of that waste ends up, sometimes back locally. Yeah, oh, look, that's an excellent question. And um, I would say, and you're absolutely right, as the building progresses, um, we have different waste coming in. Um, initially, it was a lot of concrete and bricks and, um, but, it's been a matter of just researching and, and as it comes in, find out where I can take it. A, a typical example would have been um, we were going along okay and next minute they sent me, um, oh, I would say maybe 40 cubic metres of um, core flute. Um, now, so I, my initial reaction was just to put it all on pallets and, um, and find out where we can send that and nobody in Bendigo could take it. There was nowhere for it. So even the local bigger recycling companies couldn't take it. So we've ended up having to take that down to Melbourne, to Corex, and they were very happy to receive it. So there would have been maybe, I don't know, maybe eight to 10 tonne of, of core flute that just come in. And um, so it's just a matter of as, those, as they're going through their building process, and Anthony's absolutely right. They're, they're sending me um, things that I didn't see two months ago, and it's just a matter of changing and doing some research. Um, 
they're things like the um, the timber, um, timber offcuts. Um, we send them out. They're chipped and mulched and coloured for gardens, and, and we've probably sent. I don't know if I, I, I should have got some numbers for you, but we've probably sent maybe. Um, 10, 15 tonne of, um, of that out to uh, Epsom sand and soil. They mulch it up and um, use that. Uh, a lot of concrete is um, crushed, of course, and used in different um, applications for roads and things. Our soft plastics, which initially was a huge amount coming in, um, that goes down to Melbourne. And um, that was uh, processed down there and brought back to Bendigo as uh, in the road base, so into uh, bitumen. Um, so that was a, that was a, a nice little one to go away. So it's brought to Bendigo, sent to Melbourne, and brought back as a product that can go into Bendigo roads. Um, so yeah, I, I think. Um, you're absolutely right. As as the projects go along, whether it be a small house or uh, or a big um, construction, you've always got your um, cardboard, your timber, your steel. Um, yeah. What else have we got in there? Do, uh, do you know what became of the core flute at all, Rob? Like... Uh, the core flute. Yeah, they just recycle that and just they like, they just shred it and then it goes uh, it's shredded into tiny little particles. And then it's just moulded back together again, back into core fluid again. Um, so it's just the whole thing's just reused. Yeah, great. It was amazing because it was all brand new. Like it wasn't like it was ruined. Um, and, and I think that's the thing with uh, with the building industry. Most of the stuff that I come in getting is is excess of what they needed, whether it be plaster or timber. Um, yeah, most of the time, nothing wrong with it. It's just that they didn't need it on their job anymore, and there it goes. So. Yeah, plaster. That's another one. I can imagine there's quite a bit of that coming in. Yeah, yeah. Well, plaster is a, is an interesting one. I've tried to do some research on that to do something with it here on site. But at the moment, we send it out, um, and it's um, processed down into a about a uh, a five mil granule, and I think most of it's sold off to uh, farmers for gypsum for their paddock, and uh, but some of it goes back and gets remolded back into the plaster product again. So um, yeah, there's a huge amount of plaster waste. There's a huge amount of all waste to tell you the truth. Um, I wasn't aware of it. I um one of the more interesting things you mentioned too with the GovHub project while we're on that one because it's pretty significant to to Bendigo um is your you're recycling 90 to 95% of the waste that's coming off of that entire construction site. If it wasn't yourself and it was another um, operator doing that, where would it go? If it was someone who didn't have the practices that you've got and your sorting capacities, where would that typically go? Would that all go to landfill? The operators that I'm aware of, none of them have any facilities to, to sort that amount or, or any amount really. Um, so I would have to say that as far as I would be concerned, I would say 80 to 90% of it would go to a landfill. Yeah. And, and how many, and that was what, 18 cubic 
ton a day. Was that right? Was it cubic? Eighteen cubic meters a day. Meters, sorry, yeah. Um, I haven't done the math, but we've been yep. going since um, since April. So I took over in April, and now we're in October. So whatever that is, six or seven months. Um, Right. Yeah, I can yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to give everyone who's listening a scale of like, but yeah. oh, look, it's huge. It's yeah, huge. it really is. Like, it's not, um, it's nothing small. And this is one project. This is not contributing. We're not even talking about all the individual residential projects or smaller scale commercial or industrial projects. Like, that's just one project, and that's a huge number. So we're combining all this together. Like, what, what is typically all going to landfill um, is effectively 92, 95% on that particular project or slightly under at 80 to 85 on maybe some others is being recycled, is, is finding another purpose, another life. Um, you know, and it's, yeah, like it, it, it can be done. Like it, you know, you've led the way and, uh, you know, it's really exciting for us to see someone take that initiative and do that. But um, yeah, it, it's uh, just giving everyone a bit of an, a scale of what this is. And, and as you mentioned, there's a lifespan to all of our, um, our our tips, um, you know, where we can drop all this general waste, and they're closing, they're coming to an end, and we need these solutions. Like I don't know if everyone's aware of this, but yeah, that's right. All our landfills, they're, they're about to hit expiration. Um, ours a little earlier than some others, but it's all coming, and these other these solutions need to be, you know, need to be brought in. And uh, yeah, I just want everyone to yeah understand that and get the big picture of what we're, we're talking about here, um, because it's, maybe it's not being spoken about enough. Um, I'm not sure how it came about for you, Rob. Like, what was there? Some was there an instigation? Was there something that instigated this, or a pivotal moment where you were like, "Whoa, change needs to happen now for myself um, in the business for this to to you know to be able to continue moving forward in the future?" Was it yeah time that happened or? Yeah, look, I think it was just a light bulb moment where I where we were talking and uh, and yeah decided that yes, change does need to happen. Um, I was a little concerned about. Um, from a business point of view, what I was going to have to outlay and whether it would work. Um, it was sort of, in Bendigo, it was a little bit of uncharted territory. Um, but all I can say is that, you know, I, I'm more than happy with how it's all turned out and um, and it hasn't been that difficult. I mean, there's been yeah. lots of hours and, and quite a bit of research, but it, it hasn't been... All overwhelming or all-consuming. It's been been quite a little adventure, and um, and I've enjoyed it. But yeah, I think your Anthony's right. The, the landfills are, are a thing of the past already, actually. And, and our local one at Bendigo is probably got eight months left. Um, but I can also already see the writing on the wall with Cancel, who are increasing the prices of things that can be recycled, such as timbers and plasters. And so if you don't want to go to the effort to recycle it, you can take it out there, but it's going to be expensive. I think taking all the financial um, jargon out of it all, um, another thing for me that I've spoken to my partner about is that um, it's sort of, um, for me, it's, it's exciting. Um, every day when I come into work, now I've got a, a new task to take care of. I don't just have to load up my bin and empty it at landfill and move on. And, and you know, I've got children and grandchildren, um, which is very important. Um, you know, as far as for me, you know, 
it's not going to impact me as much as my children or grandchildren if we just keep making landfills and just keep burning up resources. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. And I, 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 my mind boggles when I think about the GovHub and all the other projects that I do. Um, and then we've got times that by, by 20, I guess, or more of all the other operators in town and, and all the building that's going on and now uh, our building's going ahead. And so, yeah, I, I, um, I think you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head. There is, there is no more options. You've got to go this way or, or move out. I think a big point in all of this is what you've mentioned before. People think it's overwhelming and it's very complicated, but it's actually not. So what is something that um, a builder on a construction side or in general, all of us can do to help and make that recycling process a little bit easier? Is there any tips that you would have or anything you would like to see that would make your life a little bit easier? Well, I think for, for the builders, they can get on the front foot. They can... They can keep just taking the easy way out. I know to a builder, a lot of builders that you know waste is not their their big issue of their build. You know, but they don't make it their big issue. You know, it's they put it in there, it disappears. Um, what what they can do is um, you know look for um, operators that are, are recycling their their. You know, usable goods and, and reusing it and redirecting it to different areas. You know, they've got children, they've got grandchildren. Um, so, you know, I guess for me it was a little bit about looking at my own family and my own conscience and seeing if I can just keep doing it the way I can do it. Um, and that wasn't an option. So I think builders can do that. They can, they, they should ask, at the very least, they should ask their... Um, their um, waste management people, um, what they're doing with it, where they're taking it, how they're disposing of it. Um, that's the very least they could do. Yeah. Um, just make that phone call to find out, hey, you know, um, where do you actually take that stuff? And if the answer is we just dump it out the tip, you know, then they've got to make a decision on if they want to go down that track any further. So. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't make it easier for a builder. I've got to be honest. You, So <clears throat> with a lot of builders we work with, they try and do sorting on site. And it's really labor intensive for them and their team to have these individual bean, uh, bins sorry, with you know plaster in one and soft plastics in another. And of course, you also need the space, which can be difficult on some inner city sites. Whereas with yourself, it's a singular skip bin. Correct me if I'm wrong too, Rob, but this is just yeah. our discussions previously. But yeah, a singular skip bin where... Everything can go into that and then you do the sorting for them at your site, which, by the way, we've been to. It's all legit, everyone. It, it absolutely is exactly that case. It is sorted properly and all sent according to where it needs to go to be recycled. Um, is that, yeah, so that's the that's correct, Rob. You, you, yeah, but walk us through what would you typically do? You usually just... Yeah, so, so that's correct, you know. So generally they just have the one bin and, and I'm happy for them to put all their, their bits and pieces in there. They're all their you know, leftover building materials. Um, and yeah, we'll bring it back here. We'll sort it, and, and we'll supply them with a waste management report on per bin or per job um, that they could, you know, it, it's something that they could um, put in their cap for, for their next uh, customer to show that you know um, that, that they're going to the effort, and, and that's the way it is. 
They can also, um, so they can have the one bin, they can ring us for a bin if they're just about to start their plaster. We drop off a bin for their plaster, they just put a just plaster board in that, um, and then we take it away as soon as that's done. With bricks, they're broken bricks. I mean, I don't know how many building sites. I used to be a brick cleaner in my old days. And, um, you know, you walk, you have to walk around and there's broken bricks everywhere, over, you know, all over the, the yard. Um, so to save a bit of time and a bit of money so they don't have to get someone to clean it up at the end of the job, just get their bricklayers to get a bin there. And then their bricklayers can just throw their broken bricks in as they go. Um, it's an OH and issue. And, um, and also, yeah, just it's for the customer and for their clients. It just makes you look like you're making a real effort to keep the place clean and tidy, and and uh, and it's going to save them money because, as far as I know, most builders um, will get somebody in at the end of the job with a little bobcat and uh, and get them to clean it all up. Um, so there's you know, savings there just by um, having a bit of forethought on on extra bins. Yeah, and I think we have to give a little shout out here to David from Ecowise Homes, which I think our listeners have heard of, hopefully, um, before because he's been twice on our podcast as well. He is just keeps an exceptionally tidy construction site, anyways, and I think you're very familiar with him as well, Rob. Um, and yeah, so he is definitely on top of all of that, and he's trying to think of ways to yeah see that side of the of the building as part of his responsibility and doing the right steps and taking the right actions to make sure that that's handled with consciously as well. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that we give David a little shout out because he definitely deserves it. Um, is there anything that is um, regulated around waste disposal and recycling on building sites um, that you would like to see maybe extended or anything that's missing in these regulations um, that you would like to have introduced in there as well? Yeah, there is. And, and just to go back to David, yeah, I've been to a couple of his sites. He makes things so easy, you know, for, for himself and for us. Um, so, and back to Anthony's questions, what would, could you suggest a builder to do? I'd suggest them have a look at David or maybe go and uh, have a look at one of his sites and see how he's, how he's operating, you know. As far as um, regulations, yeah, there, look, there is some um, regulations in place uh, they're sort of a little bit self-governed. Um, the bigger constructions and the bigger construction companies, the commercial uh, operators um, who are you know, buying for government contracts, um, they all have to have um, a Green Star um, accreditation in place. So most of, I don't know if everyone would be familiar with the Green Star, but some would, I'm sure you guys uh, Anthony's on top of it, so he might be able to get a little bit more information than me. But uh, generally, I find that um, they, they have to have a waste management report. They have to have waste management. Um, as, that's not the whole thing, but as far as the waste management, they have to have um, you know a, a plan in place. Uh, they have to think about what they're going to do with it. They can't just say oh, it just disappears. And so, um, and that. If they've got their green star and they're doing some jobs, and I found that I've picked up a few big builders because they want to have that reporting, so that when the next big job comes along, they can say, "Oh, here, have a look at this. This is what we did at Galham or whatever, you know, the airport or whatever." And um, 
so you know, puts them on the front foot with, with all government contracts. So it's really a win-win for them because they're doing the right thing um, with their waste and um, we're putting them in good stead for the next big job that comes along. I think where, where it falls down a little bit is that um, a lot of the general, well, I'd say um, maybe, well, it's a guesstimation, but maybe 80% of the general builders that, that I know of um, don't have a plan, don't have, um, don't look like they want to have a plan, and there's no regulations imposed on them. So I think that could be, you know, that, that could be part of their five star environmental plan. It should be, you know, when they get their permit to build that house, they need to have to, well, I think they, they should be able to explain to council what they're going to do with their waste. Um, but I don't think that's addressed by anybody, by the builders or by council, as far as I know. Um, I could be wrong, but um, yeah, so I think that's. As far as regulation, I think at the top, uh, with, with big projects, yep, they're, they're getting onto it. Still not 100% right, but it's good. Um, as you go down the line to um, you know, the smaller renovators and, and you know, just general 10 or 15 houses a year, or even the project builders, I don't think there's any accountability there yet. Yeah, no, not to my knowledge, not at that level. But um, yeah, with all of the government tendering work that we when we do go for um, government work, yeah, they're always request a waste management plan, um, which is, you've made it very easy, by the way, to do that locally. <laughs> um, we know where it's going. We know what's happening with it. And as you say, you provide a report, a report thereafter as well as to what that's actually doing, um, verifying. So um, I suppose the, yeah, what further assistance yeah, what would benefit you? Like, what further assistance could local government give you that we don't um, allow you to do what you do, you know, more efficiently or, or better? Look, I, I think they don't really keep us in the loop. Um, I find that we are just, um, well, maybe not everybody, but I feel this is how I feel about my, my company, is that we are just moved out onto our own and you just look after yourself. We haven't got time doing that. Um, they do place a lot of, well, and, and, and lately more, regulations on what we have to do, what we can't do, but there's no guidance or, uh, let's say, a, um, a list of um, people that will take these products, you know, that, and they, they, they deal with it all the time, especially the ones in that waste management area. Um, I, I just don't think there's a lot of correspondence or a lot of... Um, Chit chat. There's definitely no financial incentives coming from local government for us. Um, I, I know local governments get fi um, financial incentives to put in different programs, um, and I've asked the question a couple of times if I'm, um, you know, eligible for any of that, um, and there was either dead silence or, or no. <laughs> so. Um, but that can change, and, and you know, I think everything can change. And, and I think um, I know just recently, um, with, uh, in a couple of days, we've got council coming back through to have bring a few people through to have a look how I'm operating here, which I'm which I'm pleased about. Um, and then um, they also mentioned that they wanted to um, 
have a, um, a get together, a conference between the local operators and just to see where we're all going and, and where we're going to go. So that would be an interesting conversation. Um, so things are changing a little bit, but I found in the first eight years of, of in this business, so I had no no help or no um, no direction put towards me or where we need to go. Is that something that you would wish for for the future? And is there anything, yeah, any any direction that you see the recycling industry maybe evolving in in the future as well? Like any, I, I guess you've been through massive changes just recently, but what is your kind of outlook for the next year, year or two, five years? Yeah, I, I think um, I think council and and the operators. Um, should work together more. I think they, um, you know, especially the what the council are in, that's their area, the waste um, industry. Um, and um, I think that can only be a win-win because they want us to do a job a certain way. Some of us want to do it a certain way. Um, they've got plenty of, um, of uh, information there for us, but we don't seem to be getting it. Um, I think look, moving forward and looking in the future is that, and, and even just over the last three or four months, I find that even they're leaning towards, well, okay, we've got a problem with our landfill, we've got a problem with some of our operators or our operators or builders or, or waste management people. Um, so we need to work together. If we're going to solve the problem, we just need to work with each other and, and not fight it against each other. And there was some stages where, um, yeah, oh, I guess you could say local government and operators were just not talking, just not not communicating, not cooperating, just enemies almost. <laughs> so it was, um, so yeah, so I, I think look, the future is that, um, and it's not just, it's not just this small town, I think it's just generally, I, I can see a little bit of light that, um, that the council and the operators can work together and, and can make you know, a bit more of a difference and, uh, and it can be done, as I said, it's, um, you know, I, I guess on a short break, um, breakdown for me is that I left school when I was 14 and a half, so I'm not highly educated, but it's just about putting a bit of thought um, into what you're doing. And, and you know, being a little bit concerned, I still get time to go and have my weekends and, and have, go and go to the football and do all the other things that everybody else does. But um, yeah, I'm not sure if everyone's built my way, but yeah, I think that's that's the plan. Uh, that's great, Rob. Um, is there anything exciting in the, in the pipeline? Like, is there any uh, new? Uh, or end users for your waste or any exciting things happening in the waste management or recycling uh, aspect of the industry? Yeah, well, for me, when I come into work, I, I, I always find it exciting because there's always going to be something or somebody that will call me. Um, I'm just, it's all very fresh, but we have a guy um, who I'm trying to make contact with who's bringing his own waste to energy plant to be the go. Um, so wow. Very early, only a couple of days that I've known about it. Um, so I'm trying to track him down and have a chat to him. Um, apparently, they've got a prototype at Pyramid Hill, and he has brought one in from 
capital and it's going to set up in Bendigo. So small scale, um, as far as I know, but once I get some more information, I'll be sure to let you guys know. So that's very exciting for me because that almost almost takes care of 100% of my waste um, because he will take the rest. Um, and I've done a little bit of research on the waste of energy and, and they're quite exciting. And, and if operated properly, it can be huge for everybody. Uh, yeah, that so, is a big deal. That's, that's the thing that's keeping me awake at the moment. <laughs> I know when we last chatted, you also had someone who might be um, occupying a little bit of space in your yard uh, that was looking to recycle solar panels, break down and fully recycle solar panels. Yeah, so that's right. So they've started. So that's the Solar Recovery Corporation. Um, they leased a little bit of an area and they um, um, have or use solar panels dropped off to certain points around town. Um, then it's brought to me where they've got a machine that removes the aluminium from around the outside of the, the panel. So it's a little machine that just pops the aluminium away. Um, and then it's headed down to Geelong where they've got a machine down there that gr- grinds it up. I haven't, I haven't seen it in operation, but it grinds it up and actually removes every single piece of the solar panel. So I think there might be some zinc and all sorts of different you know, metals in there. And, and so it separates them all 100%. They go off to a new home and, um, and it all starts again. So I think the solar panel was looking like it's going to be a huge problem. Um, you know, already, you know, now really, but in the future it's going to be a huge problem, but these guys seem to be on top of it. Uh, very easy to work with, and um, yeah, I'm very happy to have them. And that is exciting, you know, watching that sort of stuff happen. It's, um, Absolutely. Yeah. You've created this little community in your space. I love it. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, people are just coming up with innovative ways to, to sort out a problem, and, and that's what it's just needs a bit of thought and you know, a bit of help from local government. Yeah. Thank you so much for explaining all of this to us and shedding some light on the work that you do and for doing the work that you do. I think that's also very um, important and especially putting that statement out there that, you know, if you do a little bit of research, if you're just concerned enough and if you want to do your part, there's ways to do it and there's resources out there. So we'll definitely make sure to put all of your links and your um, contact details into our show notes, as we always do. Well, I, I'd just like to say that, you know, I've been saying I do this and I do that, but I've got a really good team with me. Um, they're, they're a great team. So I'm very, very lucky. They've been with me since the beginning almost. And, um, yeah, without them, I couldn't do it all by myself. Um, and so, and I guess, you know, the other thing is that anybody's interested, um, you know, call me and just ask some questions. Um, uh, I can be contacted quite easily. I'm always available. I'll pick up the phone. They can come out of here and have a look around if they, if they wish. Um, but I'd say you know, to all the builders that might be listening, um, just make that phone call to find out where your waste is going, what's happening to it. Um, you know, that's the only time. That's, they've got to change at their end and, uh, and that'll make the others follow because if they start to lose business because they're not doing the right thing, um, they're going to change their ways. So. 
No, I really appreciate it, Rob. Thank you for your time. Um, yeah, as uh, Sandra mentioned, um, you know, I don't think this will be the last time we'll chat. I think because this is such an exciting space and it's growing so quickly and it's really innovative, like, yeah, I think definitely future conversations. I do want to specifically give a big uh, thank you to Evangelia in our office here who um, has been at the forefront of, um, you know, our own waste management um, in-house and our considerations for what that looks like on site, which again, as I mentioned, you've made it very easy for us, Rob, in our own waste management plan for construction sites, as long as it's in your travel radius, I'll add, um, to be able to direct it to you knowing that that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, and again, yeah, a big thank you for David too for the, the networking connection with yourself. Um, he's been, you know, leading by example just as you have in that space. So thanks to them both. And yeah, thanks again, Rob. Appreciate your time. Um, look forward to chatting again soon. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Outlier Podcast. You can find helpful links and contact information regarding this episode in our show notes and on our website, outlierstudio.com.au forward slash podcast. If you have a question for us or want to share some feedback about this episode, feel free to send us a message or comment on Instagram or Facebook. Until next time on the Outlier Podcast.